You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. So then, putting away falsehood, let all, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors. So we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must um, give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands. So, as to have something to share with the needy, let no evil talk, talk come out of your mouths, but only that is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you are marked with the seal of the day of redemption. Put away all your bitterness and wrath and anger and Raggling and slander together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Declan. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up. Wouldn't it be nice if we could live like that? If we could say words that consistently built one another up? Well, building up is hard work. Tearing down is a whole lot easier. And as beloved children of God, it's important for us to remember that we need to build one another up. In the Bible, we read um, about how we're all beloved children of God. 1 John chapter 3 tells us these are words that we share at baptism, Christian baptism. See what love God the Father should have for us, that we should be called children of God. That's what we are. We celebrate that claim at baptism for the person being baptized, and we remember that everyone is a beloved child of God, and we're grateful for that. So, it's almost like we could be wearing a little sign that says, I am a beloved child of God. All of us could be wearing a sign like this. However, the evil talk that sometimes comes out of other people's mouths can hurt us and hurt our signs. To illustrate this point, I've asked three people to help with the sermon a little bit today, and it's important that you know that the words they are about to say were words that I asked them to say. You are stupid. You are weird. Charlie, you are so ugly. Words can hurt. 
Words can damage us. Words can tear up our image of being a beloved child of God. Now, fortunately, the good news here is, as far as I know, the Kennedy family doesn't really believe those things about me. At least that's what they assured me before the service. And the more important good news is that no matter what other people might say to us, God's love for us remains constant. And God, no matter what other people might say or think or do, God's love for us is always with us. God sees us as beloved children of God. So we're doing this series called Word Power um, because words have power. Words have power to hurt. Words have power to heal. We're taking some time to focus on these things. And we focused on it last week with thinking about words for people. And if you haven't heard Megan's sermon or Betsy's testimony as part of that sermon from last week, it's worth going to our YouTube page and checking it out. Today we're focusing on the idea of building up because the reality is that so often words tear people down despite what the scripture says about building up. We live in what some would call a bullying epidemic. Bullying has always been an issue, but it's gotten a lot worse in the last few years partly because of COVID, because we forgot what it's like to interact with people face-to-face, partly because of technology, which allows some distance and anonymity, and people type things and hit send, um, things that they might not say face-to-face. And the meanness and the hurt is just growing all over the place. It's especially hard for kids right now, and it's especially hard for kids who are different in any way, shape, or form. This past week, I read a story about a nine-year-old girl who is getting bullied because she has the wrong kind of water bottle at her school. She doesn't have the trendy new water bottle, and other kids decided to pick on her about that. Now, that sort of thing happens all the time, and it's sad, and it's scary, and we should be mindful of it. And if you have been bullied or are being bullied, I hope you know that there are people who care, and as Maybe as corny as it sounds, but it's true that God loves you and God sees you as a beloved child of God, and we need to remember that point. While I would guess and hope that few of us are bullying other people, I would guess that pretty much all of us at one point or another say things that aren't necessarily nice or upbuilding. Sometimes we're tired and crabby. Sometimes we're bitter and resentful. Sometimes we've got long, festering animosity with one another, and we we say things um, out of insecurity and maybe even out of trying to be funny. There's an old saying that I've known for too long. The saying goes, don't lift yourself up by putting other people down. And for me, that saying was part of my life for too long. When I was a teenager, maybe I was a little insecure, maybe whatever it was, but I kind of lived by that with all sorts of sarcasm and just cracking on people all the time. And I thought I was being funny and maybe trying to elevate my social status somehow. But I realized, looking back, how much I did that. And I really realized it one summer when I was at camp. And another camper who was there, one day he called me on it. I was making some jokes, some cracks about somebody. And all of a sudden, this guy, Paul, he said, Charlie, stop it. It's not funny. You're not funny, and you're not being nice. It was rather blunt and forward of him, and I was initially embarrassed and ashamed and kind of defensive about it. But looking back, I mean, I remember it 40-plus years later, and I'm grateful that he called me on that. 
and opened my eyes. And since then, I've been trying to be a little less sarcastic and a little bit less of the person who lifts himself up by putting other people down. It happens. We need to be careful with our words because hurtful words stick and they stay with us. I know I could hear 10, 20, 50, 100 nice things said about me and somebody says one bad thing and what am I going to remember, right? I'm guessing I'm not the only one here who's really good at remembering the one negative comment amidst a whole bunch of positive comments. There's an old story with many variations which I think is appropriate to share today. And this version goes that once upon a time, there was a rich man who lived in a remote village. And he was rich and powerful, and everyone respected him, and he liked being the powerful big man in town. And he used his words in not kind ways. He would put people down. He would make them feel, you know, feel himself, make himself feel better because he was rich and powerful. He would say mean things about people. Until one day, when all of a sudden he came to himself and he realized what he'd been doing. He realized how his words had been hurting people over and over again, and he thought, this is horrible, I need to do something. So he climbs the mountain outside the village and goes to visit the holy man. And he tells the holy man what he'd been doing with his words and how he realizes how his words had hurt many people. And what can I do to make amends, he asks. The holy man says, bring me a pillow. The rich man thought, that's kind of a strange request, but he went down the mountain, got a pillow, brought it back to the holy man. The holy man took the pillow, cut it open, and shook the feathers out in the breeze on top of the mountain. The feathers went down in the valley and all over the place. They watched the feathers float away. Then the holy man said, now go and retrieve all of those feathers. The man said, I can't possibly get all those feathers. The holy man said, and you can't get all those words that you said back, can you? And he said, no. So the holy man said, then go and apologize where you need to apologize and do your best in the future to watch your words very carefully. The story shares the sad reality is that once we say something or type something, it's out there. And it's really hard to get it back. Yeah, we can apologize. Yeah, we can make amends. But it's out there. So we need to be as mindful and as careful as we can about our words. It's really important. In the little book of James in the New Testament, we're told to tame our tongues. And James uses this imagery of uh, using a bridle on our tongues, like steering a horse, that we need to be mindful about the words that we speak. For a lot of us, more often than not, a really good option is to say nothing. Did anybody grow up with the, uh, the saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? Good words to live by occasionally, right? Well, a few weeks ago, I was reading, I've been reading a fair amount about words this month, and in one book there was reference to a novel. The, the author didn't cite what the novel was, so I don't know what novel this comes from, but apparently in a novel out there, there was a quote with a mother-in-law speaking to her adult daughter, and the, mo the, the mother says, you have lost many opportunities to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I read that, and I thought, I wonder how many opportunities I've lost to say nothing, and probably true for a lot of us, right? We lose those opportunities. Well, it's reasonable that there are times when we need to say less and maybe do more. Other times, though, we certainly do need to say something. Our words have power, power to heal, power to help, power to encourage, to build each other up, as that scripture from Ephesians reminds us. So let's say this verse together. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up. These words come to us from the little book of Ephesians in the New Testament, short book that helps us think about what the Christian life is all about. The Bible tells us that Paul wrote it. He spent a lot of time in Ephesus, more than other church communities as far as we know, and he wrote this sort of Christianity 101 book. The first half of the book talks about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what that all means. And the, the overall theme of the book is about old life and new life. It's about transformation. It's about change. That if we're going to call ourselves Christians, that in some way, shape, or form, we're called to live in new ways. And part of the new way that we're called to live is by the way that we use our words. So the invitation here is, is running through the book, the old life and the new life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10 um, sort of summarize the idea of being, what being saved means. It's like we're being saved for a purpose, not just to pat ourselves on the back and say, well, I'm saved, but it's been saved for a purpose. For by grace you've been saved through faith. We are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we might walk in them or that they might be our way of life. We've been given this new life for a purpose, to make this world a better place. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what Jesus came to call us to. As Christians, we're called into this new life. Part of that new life means using our words carefully to build up the people around us. I remember when our kids were younger, they are now 20 and 22 years old, but we heard a lot of parenting suggestions, and one of the common suggestions was that for every word of rebuke or criticism that you offer your kids, you should offer three or five or ten words of affirmation, words of support. And I'll be the first to confess that there were days that that was really hard to get that ratio right. I mean, our <laughs> kids are great. But reflecting on it more, it was probably more my fault than theirs because I'm really good at spotting the negative and being quick to judge and quick to criticize and quick to see the things that aren't quite perfect and just kind of oblivious to the good things. So it's a good reminder for how we treat our kids. It's probably a good reminder for how we treat one another. Yet when something's wrong or something is said that's hurtful or problematic, we need to address it, but we need to be affirming and supportive and encouraging at the same time. We do that with our children, we do that in work relationships, we do that with our neighbors, we do that in marriage, right? A marriage is built up year by year by year, block by block, word by word, and I, I kind of think of a marriage like building an edifice, building a building, like a, a brick wall, and each kind word is another brick, another brick, another brick. It takes time to build that big wall. The sad reality is one poorly timed sentence can take out a lot of those bricks that took a long time to build up. Now, building up each other doesn't mean we're always just saying nice things just to be nice. There are times when we need to speak the truth in love, 
and confront wrongdoing and mistakes. Sometimes we need to confront people with difficult topics. This is when we need to pray a lot and do our best to speak the truth in love. We're people of the book. We follow the words of the Bible, and the Bible talks about the word, and it's my sense that God is trying to get God's word into us, and we, we get that sense right from the beginning. First chapter of Genesis, third book of the Bible, we see that God created the world not by doing anything, but by speaking. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God speaks creation into being. God's word has some power. We learn that in the first verses of the Bible. As Christians, we follow Jesus, who, Gospel of John, says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word became flesh and pitched his tent among us, is a more literal translation. But the word, God's word, has come to be with us. And then in Colossians, we read, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. All those wonderful teachings about loving one another and being kind to one another and forgiving one another, we're encouraged to let all these words sink into us to sink into us so that we can hear them and believe them and feel them and know that we're beloved children of God. And then, as they sink in, then our words change and our actions change and we're more God-like, we're more Christ-like. That's the hope. That's why it's good to gather over and over together as God's people. Building one another up, using our words carefully, takes some deliberate focused attention takes our effort because it's so easy to slip into the negative that's almost like it's our default in the spirit of helping us to try to think about building up our words I wrote a little bit in our connections email this week about taping a bible verse to your bathroom mirror and remembering the importance of words on a daily basis and since that time I got to thinking that email goes out to about 400 500 people several hundred people gathering between here and online for worship every Sunday. So let's just say there's 500 people who this week have heard some encouragement from Ephesians to build one another up with their words. And let's just say that all those 500 people, including us, made a commitment over the next week, every day, to say one building up thing to somebody, to intentionally, purposely look somebody in the eye and say something that's going to build them up. One a day. I think that's very doable. 500 people for a week, that's 3,500 building up words in our community. Think what that would do. Think what that would do if we did it every week. Lots of people would have much stronger, I am a beloved child of God signs. They might even get little plastic sheaths in them so they wouldn't be so rapidly ripped up when people say mean and hurtful things about you that I know you didn't mean, so thank you for playing a part in the sermon. But it would remind us that we're beloved children of God, and we'd encourage one another with our words. Lots of people would feel better about themselves. Lots of people would have more strength and courage and perseverance to do what they need to do in challenging circumstances. And remember, when they're hurting, that they're beloved children of God. The good news for us is that God has offered God's word to build us up. The calling for us is to build up one another with our words, to continue the the work, the ministry of Jesus, the word made flesh, to make this world a better place. May it be so. Amen.